Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about I blame you. Yes, I blame you. This is a teaching podcast. So go and grab your Bibles and take some copious notes today. I really have some really good things that I want you to listen to. First of all, let me start off with my quote of the day And it goes like this. Feeling is the voice of the body and reasoning is the voice of the soul. But my conscience is the voice of the spirit. Now, let's look here quickly at Genesis chapter number four. And we're going to look at verse number six and seven. Once again, we're going to talk about today. I blame you. Genesis chapter four. Starting here at verse number six, notice what it says. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked him. Why is your face so dark with rage? It can be brought with joy if you will do what you should. But if you refuse to obey, watch out. Sin is waiting to attack you, longing to destroy you, but you can conquer it. This is, in my opinion, a powerful scripture. And a most familiar one to many of us that read the Bible, because this is talking about Cain. And we know that this is one of the familiar Bible stories in the Bible, and it has so many implications and we're not going to unpack it. But I thought I would use this as my launching pad because the scripture talks about and starts off asking a question. Why are you angry? And that's the first thing I think we need to consider especially with people who are constantly blaming other folks. And God just hits it right out, right out the park. He says, why are you angry? See, if you can answer this question, it can stop a lot of things that you are pointing the finger at other folks about. And many times we just can't answer that question. We hate it when people ask us questions because asking questions helps you to uncover what is in your heart. And that's one of the reasons I believe that people don't like to be called out on the carpet about anything, especially in this sensitive society that we live. Nobody wants to be called out about anything. We want to do whatever we want to do, however we want to do it, however long we want to do it. And we just don't want anybody to say anything about it. But if you're going to live as a believer, and this is one of the reasons, again, why I do this show, because I want to speak truth to power to young adults and really help you to see some things that is going to be so important as you begin to grow in your life, as you begin to make decisions, as you become a mentor to other people, you got to get it together yourself. And the scripture is so true when it asks this question, why are you angry? Now, for some of you that do blaming, for some of you uh, that know folks who blame other people, this is a question you need to ask them and ask yourself, why are you angry? Why are you so upset? What's going on? 
And again, most people that I talk to as a pastor, a counselor, a mentor, people that I'm trying to help, I ask them this question, I get crickets or they start blaming and they're not even aware of it. That's the thing, man. People are not even aware that they start blaming other people. They immediately say somebody did me wrong. My wife did this. My husband did this. My kids don't listen to me. It's my boss. It's everybody but them. And that's a problem. And again, we are so on repeat in our mind that we're not even aware of the things that we should be aware of. And God asked him this question. He asked Cain this question. He said, man, why are you so mad? Why are you so angry? Do you know if you do well, I'll receive you. That's the thing about it that I don't think we really understand, especially when people are being blessed and, you know, we start blaming and saying, you know, it should have been me or they stole my promotion or they stole something I was doing or whatever the case may be. We don't really truly understand that God is an equal opportunity employer and he is always saying to us, forget about them. If you do well, will I not receive you? Here's another question that we can't answer. Or we start saying other things. And God is really trying to help us through these questions that he asks us in the scripture to slow it all down and think about what you should be thinking about. But then here's a cautionary tale. He says, but if you refuse to obey, watch out. If you refuse to stay in anger, you refusing to listen to what I'm saying and you're going to stay in anger. You refuse to hear my counsel, my words to you to help pull you out of this funk that you in. If you refuse and this is your choice to do so, because God is not going to make us do something we don't want to do. That's another misnomer. Well, God's just going to pull me kicking and screaming. Not so. He going to let you do what you want to do because you got a free will. But if you refuse to obey the Lord says, watch out. He says, sin is waiting to attack you. Think about that. Sin is always there waiting to pounce on us. For the wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So the things that we refuse to do, the enemy of sin, the enemy of bad choices, is there to attack us, longing to destroy us. But that's what God says to Cain. He says, but you can conquer it. I like that. In the midst of it all, God ends on a very positive note. He says, but you can conquer it. You can win. And I'm going to tell you today, you can win the blame game because so many people are doing it. And they, again, are not aware of the things that they're saying to themselves, to friends, to family members. Man, I'm going to tell you, you know why? Because self-awareness is a monster. It is a monster to look into the mirror and see the evil that is in ourselves. We can see it in other people. We can talk about it about other folks, but we don't want to see it in ourselves. But this is the first place that we need to be looking at this very closely. Now, I want to give you three very quick things that I just want you to consider to get you out of this vicious cycle if you're in it or if you know somebody that's in it. But I want to be honest with you today. Most of us are in the blame game. We just are. And it's a horrible game to be in. You know why? Because nobody wins. 
You're not going to win blaming other people. It's just not going to happen. But here's number one. What could you have done differently? Let's sit with this for a moment. What could you have done differently? And this is one of the things that we need to ask ourselves before we start blaming other people. Because again, especially for those of us that are grown, especially for those of us that have children, especially for those of us that have moved out of mom and dad's house and we got our own stuff and we're doing our own thing. What could you have done differently? Capital Y, capital O, capital U. What could you have done differently? Because when you really put this on your shoulders, it helps you to make better decisions. I bet you if you would go to the jails today, the prisons today, and you would sit down and talk to the inmates that would love to get out, but they can't. And you would ask them, what could you have done differently? Man, the emotions that would be stirred up just by that one question. Because one situation or two bad situations or multiple situations got them incarcerated and in jail. And for many, they'll never get out. But they would tell you, this is what I would have done differently. I would have not gotten angry and realize that I could have walked away. But most of the time, we don't want to walk away. We want revenge. And I'm telling you, man, if you don't watch out, you will be in a most revengeful place and a place that none of us want to be in. You got to realize and understand always you got to be in control of your own feelings. Feelings are the number one reason I believe that people are out here doing crazy stuff. I feel this. I feel that. I feel the other. Man, do you know how many people we would just beat up every day based on how we feel? I mean, I can't go by how I feel, man. It, it would be a mess. And so we cannot move. We cannot do things based on how we feel. I always tell people don't make any decisions based on how you feel, especially if those feelings are mixed especially if you're angry, you're emotional, don't make any kind of moves based on that. But most people do because they're panicked because they have forgotten about the fact that they can think through their emotions. That's what I want to tell you today. You can think through your emotions. Matter of fact, you can tell yourself how to feel. You can change that. I know we don't think we can because we think we, we just, you know, we don't have no control at all, but that's not true. You got control. You got to calm yourself down and realize there's so many other things at stake. Again, if you would go to the prisons and talk to these people, I'm telling you, they go, they'll sit you down and give you a better lesson than what I'm giving you today because they've been in it. They lived it. They know it. They experienced it. I mean, they can give you a play by play of what happened that landed them incarcerated. I don't care if you're in jail for two days, two years or a lifetime. That's not a place you want to be. But we don't want to think through what we could have done differently. That's what I want you to really sit with today. Especially if you're in a situation that's tough, it's hard, it's not where you want to be. I want you to know that God has given you a brain and I want you to think through it. I was telling a good friend of mine the other day who's a pastor, I was saying to him, it seems like, 
I can't verify this, but it just seems like the only place we don't bring our brain is to church. We got to take it everywhere else. Everywhere else we are required to think. We're required to use our mind. We're required to use our insight. But when we come to the house of God, it seems like we are not required to think. But I'm telling you, man, Christianity is a thinking man's religion. You know why? Because God's a thinker. And when you read his word, he's always telling you what he's thinking. He's always asking questions. He's making statements. He's giving principles. He's giving guidelines and instructions on how you can live your life and really walk through this planet that we live on called Earth and really not be bothered by a lot of things. Too many of us are bothered by things that don't matter. And this is why God slowed down and asked Cain, why are you so angry? Now, we know what happened. Cain didn't answer the question. He couldn't figure it out. And he let his emotions cause him to kill his very own brother. Imagine that. If you don't, he told, he, he prophesied to him and said, Cain, if you don't get this together, seeing is crouching at your door, it's going to eat you alive. And he just could not handle it. And the Lord told him, he said, you can conquer it. You got an opportunity to rewrite history. You got an opportunity to rewrite how this story is going to end. And that's what I want to say to you as well. You can rewrite right now how your story is going to end. You can rewrite right now some things that will happen to you for the better today. Stop blaming is not going to help you. It's not going to push you where you want to be. It's not going to get you where you want to go. You're just going to remain stuck. Notice this scripture here. It says in Proverbs chapter number 19, verse number three, this is really profound. It says a man's own folly ruins his life. That's really good. Yet his rage or shouldn't, or should I say yet his heart rages against the Lord. But I like the first a clause, a man's own folly ruins his life. Our lives are ruined not by other people, but the stuff we doing. And this is why, again, people constantly blame other people because they're just truly not ready to take ownership and leading to that. Or should I say next? I want to tell you is number two. Responsibility is a good thing. It is. You know why? Because responsibility says you are able to respond and be accountable for your actions. People do not want to take responsibility. But again, responsibility is a good thing. See, when you're young, I remember when I was a teenager, you know, I thought I really wanted responsibility, but I just wanted things. I remember one time I got a phone in my room and my mom said, hey, I'm not paying for this phone. If you want this phone, you're going to pay for it. You're going to get a job. And I did. And I got a job and I worked. But man, when the phone bill came, I'm blaming the phone company. I'm blaming all the services I got. I'm blaming the fact that my job wasn't working me like they used to. I'm blaming everybody. But who? Myself. I wasn't ready to take responsibility. But responsibility is a good thing. Don't run from it again because responsibility says you are able to respond. Did you get that? 
Responsibility says you are able to respond. People blame because they don't want to respond. They're not able to respond. They, they act like little babies. They, they just, you know, they don't want to begin. They want to be called out on the carpet. They don't want to take ownership. They don't want to take accountability. They always want to duck and dodge and blame other people for why their lives are so bad. It seems like our society is just riddled with this. We got to realize, man, we are where we are. We are the sum total of our decisions, both young and old. So this is really not a message per se to young people. It's a message for old people. I know older people, older than me, who still blaming other people. I would be further along. My mother didn't help me. I would be further along. My daddy didn't help me. I'd be further along if this had happened. Now, we realize that there are things that happen to us in our life. We realize that we're not we're not making an excuse about that. But you can't stay in that place. We realize that that prejudice and racism and certain things that people have had to go through, that was not of their making. That was somebody else making it hard on a particular group of people. I get that. I really do. I understand that my head is not in the sand. But what I'm saying to you, you can't stay there. Not now. It's 2023. If you alive and in 2023, no, you got no excuses, man. You, you cannot continue to play the blame game. It's just not good. Notice what the scripture says here in Matthew 26. I want you to consider this starting here at verse number 33, and we'll conclude at verse number 35. Notice what it says. Peter answered and said unto them, or said unto him, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. I'm going to read that to you again. Peter answered and said unto him, that him is Jesus, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. Verse 34, Jesus said unto him, notice what Jesus said. Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said, verse 35, unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise, also said all the disciples. This is really good. I want you to just, I'm not going to read it to you again, because I know you're smart, you're intelligent. You heard what I said. But here's the thing when I read this. Here's Jesus trying to tell Peter his fate. And Peter is saying to him, no, Lord, you wrong. <laughs> I ain't going to deny thee. I'm going to always be with you. Even to the death, I'm going to be there. It's amazing how many times we will beat our drum in front of God. And God, like, I know you better than you do. I know you better than you know yourself. I know you're going to deny me. And here Peter is telling the Lord. Not his mother, his father, his best friend, or even the disciples. Here's Peter being combative with the Lord and saying to him, I'm not going to leave you. You know, one of the things Peter should have done, he should have said, Lord, wow, can you help me? Can you minister to me? Can you pray for me? Can you counsel me? No, he was high on himself. He was not ready to take responsibility. And even other passages of scripture in the Bible talks about that after he did it or while he was doing it or preparing to betray the Lord, 
there were people coming to Peter and saying, you, you're one of the ones that follow the Lord. He was like, no, not me. They said, no, no, you one of his disciples. We saw you, brother. He said, no, not me. No, that is you. No, you one of those one, you one of those followers. And Peter was upset. He said, no, sir, not me. And while he was still beating his drum, the cock crowed three times and he remembered. Get that. He remembered, which means that it went in one ear and out the other what the master was trying to tell him. And that's what happens to many of us while we continue to play the blame game. What God is saying to us goes in one ear and out of the other. And here's one of the profound things in this text in Matthew 26. We talk about what Peter did, but the Bible says, likewise, also said all the disciples. So Peter wasn't by himself. They said it too. We never deny you. They said it too, Lord, even to the death, we are going to be here with you. And anybody who's read the Bible, you know, they all left. They all forsook the Lord. They all did. But you know why God, you know why Jesus was not offended? Because he knew. Oh man, what a blessing that is. When people betray us and they walk away and they leave us, some of us, if not all of us at times, we start, you know, we start blaming, we start getting upset, we start getting mad. Many people leave the faith, they start questioning God. But notice what Jesus did. It's something, there's some peace in knowing man. It's some peace in knowing what men gonna do. And we can know this if we really walk in with God. We should know that when people say, I'm not going to leave you, I'm not going to forsake you, I'm going to always be here. We should know from the jump. That's not true. I know you got good intentions. I know, you know, you didn't mean to do it. But you know what? When we truly understand what is in us, our frailties, then we can know what's in other people. And this is why it, that didn't rock Jesus. Jesus said, I still got to go to the cross. <laughs> Jesus wouldn't be, Jesus never said to God, man, them disciples, they left me. I chose them. I picked them. They all left me. I can't believe this in a time like this. They would just, they would, they would leave. They wouldn't, all the stuff I did for them. Jesus didn't say nothing. You know why? Because he knew what was in man. He didn't need anybody to teach him what was in man. But on the other side, Peter should have listened. And that's what I want to tell you. Responsibility is a good thing because, again, it helps us to be able to respond and be accountable for our actions. This is what we've got to understand and take hold of. And finally, I want to give you number three. Do not judge others while you fail to acknowledge your own sin. I'm going to say that to you again. Don't judge others while you fail to acknowledge your own stuff, your stuff that you're dealing with. People are quick to point out everything that's wrong with other people, but don't see what's wrong with themselves. That is a bad look. We got to grow up and grow out of this. See, again, my whole purpose is to empower you. How can I do that if I don't point out the things that will cause you to lose your power? That will cause you to lose your credibility. That will cause you to lose your integrity and your character. You do know we are called as Christians, believers, followers of Christ to set the example. We're not perfect. 
We'll never be perfect in this body. But what we got to make sure we do is be more calculated in the things we say and do in front of other people. We got to get our flesh under control and not blame other people for why we lost it. I always tell people this. If you're going to lose it, lose it at home. If you're going to lose it, lose it in your car. If you're going to lose it, go in the closet and close the door and lose it where nobody can see you. You can't, what's the old saying? Never let them see you sweat. Again, I realize, see, when we understand what the enemy is trying to do, he's trying to blow our testimony. He going to use you to do it. He'll put you in a situation or you could be at the right place at the right time and something jump off and you say the wrong thing and go off and just blow it. And I'm saying to you, just blow your stack. You cannot do it. You got to pull it in and bring it in. And if we can truly understand how to judge ourselves constantly, we won't be pointing out other people's stuff. Now, that does not mean let me also say this. That does not mean for people who you love and people who you care about, that does not mean you can't sit them down and talk to them and tell them the truth. So this does not mean that you can't minister to your brother and sister when they in the wrong. What I'm saying to you is we have more people who are constantly seeing stuff that are in other people, but they don't see that they're doing the same things. Notice what the scripture says here in Matthew chapter seven. It said, judge not that ye be not judged for with that judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And what beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in your own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out that mote that is in your eye and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Verse five, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Simply put, if you can see what is in you first, then you can help other people. Even on the plane, they tell you that if the mask come down, put it on you first and then you can help somebody else. You can't put it on somebody else and you gasping for air. We got to learn how to see the things that are in our own life. And we have a difficult time doing that because self-awareness is a monster. But I'm going to tell you, you can put that monster to bed. Matter of fact, let's just slay the monster and kill him. So he's not destroying our testimony and helping us to kill in the process. We got to really empower ourselves today and understand and know that judgment is all around. People are always going to be saying you should have did this. You should have did that. Don't pay them no attention. To thine own self be true. When you know what's in you, this is what we have to study to learn. We got to study to learn what is in us. What is the weakness in our own life? What is the habits, the bad ones, the proclivities, the things that we know that are taking us in a downward spiral? If you can do this, man, you have mastered a large part of life. One of the things I believe that is really hindering the body of Christ today we just can't see, we can't recognize the stuff we need to recognize. But it is my prayer today that you be able to see some things and accept it for what it is and ask the Lord to help you to get control of your flesh.
Trust me, if you do, these things will help you and change your life. Let me recap. Number one, what could you have done differently? Number two, responsibility is a good thing. And number three, don't judge others while you fail to acknowledge your own sin. I want you to think about this. I want you to continue to think about this and realize that even though a lot of people are blaming others, you don't have to be that way. You can realize and understand that God has a purpose. He's got a destiny for your life. You have to choose to follow it. You have to choose to accept it. And you have to choose regardless to what everybody else is doing. I'm not everybody else. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live my life the best way I can for God. And although God is not asking me to be, uh, he's not asking me to be perfect. He's just asking me when I do mess up, acknowledge it. He'll receive you back. God will never cast you away. He'll never throw you away. He's always there to receive you. I want you to put this in your heart today, but more importantly, I want you to put this into practice. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you. I pray that this blessed you. If it did, I want you to shoot me an email at info, I-N-F-O, at thomasadeloach.com. I read these emails. I will respond back to you. You can always go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. Check it out if this is your first time listening to the show, first time connecting. Check out my advocacy, find out where I'm from, what I do. Maybe if you're in the Raleigh, uh, Durham area, you can come check us out at my church where I pastor, Word of Life. And we'll be glad to throw our arms around you and invite you into the house of God and to the family of God anytime you are in our area. Listen, I'm always praying and believing God's best for you. I want you to know that I want you to win in life. Somebody really wants you to win other than me, and that's God. So beyond anything else, know that God is always there for you, believing in you. I want you to believe in yourself. This is the only life you have in this body. So make sure every day you are doing everything you can to promote a better you. All right, God bless you. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at thomasadeloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.